Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Build Your Own Business podcast. Today's guest is the incredible Tiff Chang, who, fun fact, was my coach and helped me get the ball rolling in building my own business, and she even inspired me to start this podcast. So welcome, Tiff. Thanks, Shania. I am so, so excited to be on this podcast with you today. Yeah. For those that don't know, Tiff is an incredible business coach and host of the Side Hustler podcast, and she helps aspiring coaches go from ideation to launching their own online business, all while balancing a nine to five. So to get started, can you just share what it is that you do in your business? Yeah, for sure. So I feel like you summarized it pretty well, but um, essentially I am a business coach and I specifically help people that are in the early stage of their business, um, coaching business specifically, and to get it started to make consistent income so that they can go full time in their coaching business. Um, I would say 90% of the people that I work with are side hustlers. And so really like focusing on not only like the strategy, but the mindset around starting a business, creating consistent income um, and whatnot. And also like just making sure that you can balance your time so that you're not going crazy and just working and hustling 24 seven. Cool. What is it that kind of inspired you to start your business? Yeah, so it's definitely like quite a long story. So I would say, so I have my bachelor's of interior design. So like totally not the same thing that I'm doing now. Um, But I worked in the industry for around two and a half years. And I was like, literally miserable. Like I hated my life. I was like, working at my nine to five. And every day I'd be like, why am I doing this? I was like, getting paid really bad. I was working a lot of overtime. And I was like, okay, there has to be more to life than this. And that's when I really started to go down this personal development journey. I listened to all of the podcasts, like, you know, Jenna Kutcher's podcast, Marie Forleo. I'm pretty sure that we've all kind of been there. Um, I started to read a lot of personal development books. And just from going on Instagram, I discovered the coaching space. And I was like, okay, this is interesting. I have no idea what it is. And at that time, I was really passionate about health and nutrition And so kind of in tandem, I was like, okay, maybe I'll take a digital marketing certificate so that I can start like a health blog or like a nutrition blog. Um, And that actually transpired into me really liking digital marketing and just overall like business and strategy. And so I ended up pivoting my career and I applied to some digital marketing jobs and I got into one, which is the nine to five that I'm still currently at. And then I was still kind of like tinkering around with the idea of starting my business and through a bunch of pivots, like through health and nutrition, I did productivity coaching for a while, just like helping people be more productive. I had like an epiphany moment one day and I was like, okay, what do I actually like doing? And what do people always like tell me that they're like really impressed with me by? And I was like, okay, I'm bouncing at nine to five. I'm starting a business. I'm like actually starting to get clients and like gain some traction. Why don't I pivot into doing this? And so I would say like the journey probably took around a year and a half to two years before I actually finally landed on the niche that I'm focusing on now. I think it's so cool how like every different area of your life all work together to get to where you are now. Like the not liking your nine to five, um, your original nine to five is such a common thought that a lot of people have. And so that's really what spurred them to, you know, start their online business. But even then, once you started your online business, you were still kind of pivoting and figuring out the direction that you wanted to go with. So I think that's really interesting. Yeah, absolutely. And I like had no idea what what I was doing. It was just kind of like, oh, like there's this coaching thing, like people make money on Instagram, it seems fun. And I just like kind of just like tinkered 
with what I actually liked doing and just like tried and failed. And I think one thing that was really interesting is when I was um, in the productivity niche, I actually had a podcast called Productivity with Purpose. And four episodes in, I was trying to like script out the next episode and I literally couldn't come with any come up with any content ideas. And that was like a telltale sign for me to be like, okay, you should probably pivot and try to figure mm. out what you actually want to do. Because if you can't even come up with content for your podcast, that probably means you're not like you can't coach someone on it yeah, because it's exactly. not something that excites you. Yeah. Nice. So I think that like with building a business, it does take quite a bit of time and it takes a lot of commitment and dedication to do. So how do you manage to balance your nine to five as well as building a side hustle? Mm, Absolutely. So I think one of the key things is focusing on like the money generating activities. I think especially like when you're working in a nine to five and you're building a business, the time that you have to work on your business is very limited. And a lot of people spend that time like in a lot of mind drama and just like spinning out around like, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. Like this content isn't good enough. Instead of just like going out there and doing the damn thing of like Mm -hmm. taking the action, even though you know it's not going to be perfect, it is going to be messy. And so I think it's really important that you actually take like a bird's eye view and perspective on what are the actual things that are going to get me clients or make me money in my business. Because if you're not making money, it's not really a business. It's more of just like a hobby or a passion project. (laughs) And there's nothing wrong with it starting that way. But I think especially if you're wanting to go full time with it, you want to ensure that you are bringing in some revenue in order for you to actually scale into full time entrepreneurship. And so specifically for me, I think I really focus on like, what are the goals that I have? And then I work backwards. So as an example, if I want to sign one-on-one clients, what is the step before for me to actually sign those one-on-one clients? It's going to be sales calls, right? And so from there, okay, I need to get more sales calls. How do I do that? Okay, it's through lead generation. And then my lead generation platforms are my podcast and Instagram. And then again, it's like taking a step back. What do I need to do on my podcast and on my Instagram in order for me to yield the result of having leads that will book a sales call with me? And like looking at it in that way, in a more like systematic way, instead of just like kind of like doing things for the sake of doing things, because you can literally hustle so much and still not get the result that you want. So it's like really having that end goal in mind and then working backwards from there. Mm -hmm. when you taught me how to kind of reverse engineer the process that was like mind-blowing for me because I think think it's really common with new coaches to get so caught up with like the content creation of everything and like Mm. like they think that that they need to have the visibility first before they can sign clients when really you don't the the visibility is only a very small portion of it it's just really about like how much you you're doing lead generation and like taking those steps to book sales calls Absolutely. And I feel like if like, let's say your goal is to make a $3,000 month, you technically only need one client. Like, do you really need to be spending all of your time on the visibility side? Or should you spend more time on actually nurturing people that are going to be warmed up to actually book a call with you to convert into a paying client? And I also think a lot of the time kind of tying to what I was saying about people just spitting out in mind drama is I find when you're creating content, especially as a new coach, and I definitely fell into this trap when I first started is comparing yourself to a lot of people. Oh, yeah. And yeah, I think you can definitely (laughs) relate to that as well. And so we spend so much time like wanting to create content. And then we kind of like second guess ourselves. And we're like, okay, I'm just going to scroll Instagram and like find inspiration. And then you end up kind of like 
subconsciously or consciously taking someone else's stuff instead. And I've definitely been there. Um, and so what I have found is like when I just stay in my own lane and just create my own concepts, build my own intellectual property, that's when I've actually been able to see the most growth in my business to a point where I don't feel like I have to be in the business so much. Like the content and the things that I talk about just kind of like speak for themselves. And that helps me build credibility um, with my audience. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that when like most online industries are already saturated enough. So I think it's always Mm -hmm. it's always nice when you're like scrolling through Instagram and you can see that someone has kind of a new idea. And I think that's really what helps people stand out is when they are creating those fresh ideas and coming up with these new concepts that aren't Mm -hmm. just kind of being reworded in different ways across the internet yeah absolutely and one thing that I actually do like more of like a tactical thing is that I actually mute a bunch of people on Instagram like I can't (laughs) I can't believe I'm like admitting this out loud but like people that potentially are in the same niche as me or like people that either like really inspire me or really trigger me I actually mute them on Instagram so I don't see their posts I don't see their stories and whatnot and that really helps me to stay in my own lane and to just like really focus on what I'm doing. Cause I also feel like when you're balancing your nine to five and business, it's a lot of like energy management. Like you have mm-hmm. to like stay in the energy of being able to show up even when you don't want to show up and staying in the energy of like, you know, it is possible for you to go full time. And so any way that you can to find a way to manage that energy and maintain that, I feel like is also super helpful. Yeah, for sure. Cool. So today I was thinking that we could talk about um, having like effective launches and like strategies and kind of mindset things for launches. Um, Just because I know that you've done a couple and you recently had a group launch program. So how many launches have you done in all? So it's really funny because I've actually only like officially done one launch for my group coaching program. Yeah. So what had happened is like I did my group coaching program um, launch And then right after I was going to launch my one-on-one program and like do like another formal launch. But I think because I had a bunch of people that were like already in my audience that were actually interested in one-on-one coaching versus group coaching, it was kind of like a soft launch. And I was kind of like, hey, I have spots open. And then I ended up filling um, and actually overfilling the one-on-one coaching spots that I had as well. So I would say formally I've done one. I'm going into a launch um, next week. Um, But yeah not officially like multiple <laughs> launches, just like one key, key launch. Nice. That is definitely a really interesting take to hear. I definitely thought you mm-hmm. had like at least two under your belt or something, but no, just one. <laughs> nice. Cool. Yeah. So I think that every launch is different because at every stage of your launch, you're unlocking and scaling to a new level in your business, as well as kind of stepping outside of your comfort zone and battling like dozens of mindset blocks. So what mm. was the biggest takeaway that you learned from your first launch? Yeah, absolutely. So I think there's like two things. Number one is that leading up to my first launch, I was actually trying to sell like one-on-one coaching spots, like very passively. Like I would just like talk about it occasionally on Instagram. And what I realized is that I didn't have enough of a warm audience to actually sell to. And I wasn't really like delivering quality content or value for me to actually sign those clients. And so leading up to my group coaching program launch, because I knew that I wanted to do that, I actually like scaled back and kind of like a slingshot. I like totally pulled back. I stopped promoting. I stopped marketing altogether and like telling people that I have an offer. 
And then once I did warm up my audience, that's when I kind of like slingshotted forward to then do my, um, my one-on-one program. And so, yeah, it wasn't really like necessarily that I launched it right away. It was more just like I pulled back to slingshot forward. And that was a really big takeaway for me. It's like just coaching myself through the mindset of you're going to not talk about an offer for like a month was like really, really scary. But I also feel like it was necessary for me to prepare for this launch itself. And then in terms of the biggest takeaway during my launch is mindset. I never thought that mindset was going to be like such a big deal. And I think like with the both of us, like we're very strategy focused. We love to just like focus on creating content or, um, you know, showing up on stories and whatnot. But what I realized is that your thoughts are always going to be creating your results. And so if you aren't showing up in a way with thoughts of like, I like I'm good enough, I'm a good coach, it's going to impact how you show up in your launch. And that was really, really prevalent for me when I was going into my launch, when I was doing my pre-launch phase, I was still in like disbelief that I was going to be able to hit the goals that I wanted to. I was like, there's no way that like eight people are going to sign up for this group coaching program. I was even struggling to sign one, like one-on-one client. And so that was the work that I did. And that really helped me catapult my growth. Once I was in the launch phase, I was like, okay, like my mindset is set, like, we're going to do this. And I was able to like get my brain and my energy around it. Yeah, I think it's so important to realize like how much of your mindset comes into play when you do a launch. Like maybe if you've been around for a while, you you know, you feel like you're pretty established. You think that you don't have any limiting beliefs that are going to come up or any like obstacles that are going to come your way. And then you do this big launch and it's like a new step for you and for your business. And then all of a sudden you have all of these new thoughts that are popping up and like probably Mm. a a bunch of imposter syndrome that you have to coach yourself through to be able to really show up authentically and like as your best self. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like when I hit the goal, I was kind of like still in disbelief. It was like prior to going into the launch, I was like, there's no way that this is going to happen. And then I coached myself through it and I focused a lot on mindset to get the result. And then after the launch, I was kind of like freaking out. And I was like, wait, how did I do this? Like, this was totally a fluke. How can I replicate this? (laughs) You know? And it was like, so interesting of just like this, I guess, like dichotomy of like, I have no idea what I'm doing, but like it happened. And it took me a really long time to like get myself out of the thoughts that it was a fluke. Like it probably took me like over a month to get myself out of that thought spiral. Cause I was like, okay, I want to launch this group program again, but like, what if no one signs up? Mm. (laughs) So I think that was also another lesson that I learned from this launch is a concept that I have been coming up with recently is the idea of like success bypassing. Like a lot of the times we have these big launches, we have a lot of success in our business and we totally just like bypass all of it. Like it never happened. But the truth is like you created all of these results by yourself. You created all of these results from your brain. And that's Mm -hmm. why I think mindset is such a huge part in building a business and entrepreneurship is that everything that we do comes from our brain. And so if we don't manage our mindset, if we don't manage our brain, then you could take all of the actions, but you're still not going to be able to get the result that you want. Yeah, that's so true. I think like you really hit a lot on the importance of mindset and, you know, the importance of having like that growth mindset rather than a fixed one. And I think that like as you're 
leveling up in your business, you know, it's also a huge shift for your own personal life and like the changes that you're making for your own future. So do you do mm-hmm. anything to kind of document your journey? Yeah, I think in terms of documenting my journey, I had a lot of like fears around it before I had to like coach myself through a lot of like money mindset, because I think growing up in like an Asian household, it was always like taught, like, if you have a win, just like totally suppress it and don't share it. And so even like sharing these wins on Instagram was really scary for me, like talking about the money that I've made, because I have this connotation of like, if you make more money, you're an evil person. But it's like, it's not true. It's like what you do with the money. If you're Mm -hmm. making money just to like buy frivolous things, then yes, maybe. But if you're making all this money to reinvest back into your business in order to do good or to provide more value or to be able to help more people, then that's like a different story. And so I think I started to really document my journey um, on Instagram and also on my podcast. On Instagram specifically, I remember like when I signed my first two clients into my group coaching program, I literally was like crying and bawling my eyes out. Cause again, like I was still in disbelief, like, holy shit, like this actually happened. And I actually recorded that on Instagram and it was like a super vulnerable moment for me. Cause I have never done that before, but it was literally like, like, and we're on a video call so you can see me. I was literally like on, on my, on my phone and just like, Oh my God, I can't believe I did this. And just like sobbing. And I like recorded all of it. And I feel like Tiff a year ago, definitely wouldn't have done that. Like I've always been kind of like more of a closed off person, but I really started to realize the power of just being transparent and sharing your story because someone out there is going to resonate with it, even though it, even if it's not like on that day, there might be like someone who comes back to my Instagram like two or three years later and watches that video and they've like never signed a client before. And they're like, wow, like I can actually do this. And so I do definitely see such a big part in like documenting your journey and just like looking back a few years later to see how far you've come. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that besides just posting like your journey and having it resonate with someone I think it's also really nice even just for your audience to like watch your wins and like root Mm -hmm. root for you alongside you I think that's always a really nice aspect of people's business that you know not not everyone always shares like the personal wins it's always more of like their client wins and I think that Mm. seeing the personal wins I'm like yes you go girl (laughs) yeah absolutely but I also feel like it becomes like there's some pressure after it too. Like at least for me, like I have felt once I have shared more wins for me, I'm like, I need to keep this up and I need to uphold this. And it's totally my own thoughts about it. But like my brain goes like, if I don't showcase more wins then people are going to think that this was just like one time thing and like, it was just a fluke. And so it's like catching yourselves in those moments of like limiting beliefs and being like, Hey, like that's actually not true. You're just putting your own thoughts on other people like people might actually love that you had an amazing launch and your second one didn't go as well but you documented and shared like why that was the case so that they can actually learn from it yeah exactly is there anything that you've done in like your past launch that maybe you thought like oh this was a huge learning moment for me like this isn't something that I'm going to replicate in the future or like I wish I hadn't done that surprisingly I really can't think of anything I feel like the one thing that I did learn from the launch that I feel like set myself up for success is that I planned it out really far out in advance like literally two months out in advance so I launched in July but I started preparing for my launch back in like May 
So I had all of my content ideas. Like I had all of the like more marketing stuff that I was going to be doing. And then I was like, okay, this is my plan. And I'm going to stick to this plan. And whatever happens, I'm still going to stick to it and just like stay in the belief that this is going to happen unless like something like terribly goes wrong. But I also think um, just when you are going into a launch, one of the other key lessons is, yeah, just plan for it in advance. And when you do plan for it, that's when all of these like things of like, oh, like everything's going wrong in my launch, it doesn't happen because you just plan it in advance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think having that plan really helps you protect your own energy also. And it helps you Mm -hmm. like not feel that burnout that so many other people have experienced before while launching. Yeah, actually, one other thing that comes to mind is that when you think about a launch, it's kind of like a U shape. So you'll get a lot of at least for me, I I found that like I had a lot of interest within the first week or so. And then it kind of like dips a little bit and you kind of like plateau. And then like closer to the last day, it kind of like goes up again. So it's kind of like a U shape. And I also feel like that's why having a plan is so important because you know that for the next week, even if no one else signs up, you still know exactly what you're going to do in order to sign those clients. So I also think kind of tying to what you were saying is just managing your energy in that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you started with one-on-one coaching and then you just recently had, I guess actually not recently, if it was July, it seems mm-hmm. like it was a much more recent, yeah. <laughs> but then you, you decided to launch a group coaching program. So how did you know that it was time to launch a new service? Mm, that's a really great question. Cause I feel like I was struggling to sign like one more one-on-one client. Like that was my goal was like, I think I was working with you. I was working with one or two other private clients and I wanted to have four private clients. Um, but I knew that if I continued to just sell one-on-one, I wouldn't be able to serve as many people. And also being someone who was in a group coaching container, I really loved that I was able to create or I was able to be part of like a community and cultivate relationships with people. And so I would say like, if you're starting to see that your one-on-one coaching is starting to kind of like reach capacity, that's a really good sign that you can transition into a group model. The other thing is that I was doing one-on-one for probably around like eight to 10 months or maybe even closer to a year. And so I realized that I had a lot of stuff that I could package into a course instead of just like teaching everything on coaching calls. And that was like a sign for me to be like, okay, I can literally package up all of my intellectual property, give it to my clients and really focus on coaching on the calls versus just teaching. And that I think was also a lesson that I learned is that there's a big difference between teaching and coaching. And I think when you're starting to lean more towards wanting to coach people, that's when you can start to really package everything up Um, and focus on coaching on calls versus just teaching. Mm -hmm. Nice. What do you think that people have to have in order to have a successful launch? Like what what do you think the steps are? Mm, Great question. I think number one, the number one thing that comes to my mind is lead generation. Like if you don't have an audience of people that are going to buy your service, you can have the most beautiful launch plan, but you're still going to be launching to crickets. So I would say like a month leading up to your launch, you should be already nurturing people, teasing things out and letting people know that there is something to come. And once you actually launch, you're like, oh, wow, like I have like 10 people that are actually my ideal clients or potentially have um, pain points that I can help them with. And you can send private invites to them. 
you can sell them on the content that you're putting out there because it's going to resonate with them so much and you're putting offers out there that they might organically just reach out to you and be like, hey, like, how can I work with you? So I would say like lead generation is 100% um, the most important thing. I know I was going to say number two. I, I totally forgot what it is, <laughs> but I would say like number, like the key thing is just lead generation. Yes. If you have lead generation <laughs> and you have people that are ready to buy, then the chances of you having a successful launch is going to be much higher. And then always like mindset, I think like 24 seven, like at any point when you're building your business, mindset is always going to play a part in it. Yeah, I think for me and for probably a lot of new coaches who are listening, there's there was this huge mindset block for me that I needed to have like a certain number of followers or I needed to have Mm. a large audience before launching. And I think that the lead generation aspect is way more important than just the number of followers you have because like it's pretty easy to attract like a thousand followers if you're just like following a bunch of people every single day. But those people probably aren't super invested in your business so you could have the huge number but you don't have like the warm audience or the people who are interested in buying your service so at the end of the day you have the numbers but you don't have the clients so I think it's really important to like focus all of your intentions on just having those conversations with people and like trying to nurture them Mm -hmm. and honestly like if you wanted a huge number of followers you could just buy them yeah exactly (laughs) (laughs) yeah so I would say like with lead generation Um, I mean, Instagram is like my primary platform, but there's a lot of things that you can do with lead generation. I always think that there's like four key parts. There's like short-term lead generation, which is typically like your social media platform. So like you have Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn, which are probably the most popular ones. Um, And then there's also long-term lead generators, which are more like search engine optimization platforms. So that's like YouTube or podcasts or Pinterest and blogging. And a lot of the times what I find is that people will either find me on Instagram and then they'll go listen to my podcast and like binge listen every episode. And they're like, wow, I got so much value in it. And then they'll go back to my um, Instagram and like reach out. And so I feel like those two things go really hand in hand together. But then I also think there's like something that not a lot of people talk about is another form of lead generation is collaborations. Like doing an interview like this is also a form of lead generation because there might be, you know, hundreds of people that are listening to your podcast that have never heard about me before. And maybe they listen to this podcast episode and they're like, oh, I'm actually finding this super valuable. That in itself is another form of lead generation. And then the last form of lead generation is also um, referrals. So people that you have worked with. And that's why I think it's always really important to have an amazing client experience with the clients that you're um, existingly working with so that they can actually refer you to other people or they can, I should say, they can refer you um, to, yeah, to other people or people that they know might need your services and whatnot. So there's like four key things, I think, for lead generation. Yeah. And I think a lot of the time people think that lead generation is just like messaging people on Instagram. But yeah, I mean, that can be super time consuming and super hard on maintaining your energy levels and stuff. So it's nice Mm -hmm. to know that there's other options out there. Yeah, absolutely. And you can be like, you can just have so much fun with it. Like doing podcast interviews is like my absolute favorite thing to do. It's just like so fun to be able to not only like share value, but also to connect with people like on a personal level in the industry as well. Yeah, for sure. Um, my last question for you is what kind of tips do you have for new coaches who are preparing for their first launch? Hmm. I think it's tying back to what I was saying is make sure that you have 
leads in your audience that are ready to buy, plan your launch in advance, really um, prepare yourself in terms of the energy management. Um, and then I think the last thing I would say is just having belief that if this launch doesn't go well, this is actually going to set you up for future launches as well. So all of the nurturing that you're doing in this first launch, maybe you don't get the number of clients that you want, but you are warming up a bunch of people that when you launch the second time, they might be ready to buy. So it's like always knowing that even if you don't hit the goals that you want, you're always preparing for other things in the future as well. Or maybe it's for your one-on-one -on -one coaching services, which in my case is what happened is people that weren't ready for a group container ended up reaching out to me for my one-on-one -on -one container when it was open. And so you're always actively doing lead generation with people in order for you to fill up spots at like different um, areas or different, I guess, like seasons in your business. That's such a great way of looking at launches because I think a lot of the times, you know, if people's first launch don't go exactly the way they planned, they get really kind of discouraged by it and kind of like they kind of set that as the tone for what their future business is going to look like. But it's always mm -hmm. nice knowing that you know, even if you have a first failed launch, it's not the end of your business journey for you. It's just another opportunity to kind of revamp what you did or like try a new strategy. Yeah, for sure. And I think I can give like an example of this is I had a private client that signed up to work with me literally a year after we had our first conversation ever. So oh. yeah, she was actually someone who was in my Facebook group at that time when I had a Facebook group. Um, we had conversations. She was an ideal client. She actually booked a sales call and she was a no-show. And at that point, like I was still early stage in my business. And I remember like crying because I was like, oh my gosh, I got my first no-show. Um, and then I like followed up. At that point, I feel like sales was another thing that I was struggling with. Um, that's, a, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> but at that point, I was like so upset. And then I followed up and I was like, hey, like, do you still want to book a call? And then she ended up booking another call and then she no-showed again. Oh, wow. Like, yeah. I was like, what is going on? And then I was kind of like, you know what? I'm just going to let this go. Like it is what it is. And then literally like nine, 10 months later, she found me on Instagram and she started to just like every story that I would post, she would react to it or she'd be like, oh, this is super helpful. And we started chatting in the DMs. And at that point, I didn't even realize that it was the same person. <laughs> and then she started to share my podcast a lot. And I was like, Oh, like I totally remember her. Like she was the client from like months ago. And then she finally was like, you know what? A few months ago, it just wasn't the time, but now mm. I'm ready to work with you. And that's why I think like, even if you're not getting the results that you want um, in the first place, know that clients can always come back as well. Like literally like a year later. Yeah, exactly. Just because you get a no, it doesn't mean it's a no forever. It's just kind of like a no for right now. Exactly. And I feel like that's just that experience and that story really allowed me to think like, you know what, like, if someone says to me, says no to me this time, it's okay. Or if someone doesn't even sign up or like reach out to me, it's okay. They're going to come back a few months from now. Yeah, exactly. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Tiff. It was so nice to hear kind of your experience with launches and to really get some insight into like the mindset shifts that people need to make uh, when they're doing launches and stuff. So where yeah. can people find you if they want to have more information or just ask you any questions they might have? Yeah, for sure. So I hang out primarily on Instagram. So you can find me at it's Tiff Chang. Um, so I T S T I F F C H E N G. Um, I also have a podcast called the Side Hustler Podcast. So you can also tune in there as well.
Perfect. I'll leave all of those links in the show description. So anyone with some questions can reach out and get in touch with you. Amazing. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thank you. You just finished listening to an episode of the Build Your Own Business podcast. I really hope you found it valuable and you got some information that you can take away to start building a profitable online business. It would mean so, so much to me if you could take the time to subscribe and share it with your friends on social media so this message can reach hundreds of other ambitious entrepreneurs. While you wait for the next episode, you can find me hanging out at schneierclark.co on Instagram. Until then, thank you so much for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.